Oh my gosh. Look over there. No, wait, don't look. Yeah, they've got a drive out tag on their camper. Stop watching. And their truck. Stop. Let's watch this guy back in. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's he's yelling at he's yelling at his wife. Well, been there, done that. He's yelling at her. Oh my gosh. The kids are acting like they don't know him. That's mm. oh gosh. He needs to watch that tree. Oh, oh no, the tree. Oh, oh, oh he, so he missed close, it. So he close. Do you think he's ever going to be able to back that camper in there? Um, yeah, I think he will. I can't wait till they start hooking everything up and watching them. <laughs> I'm gonna laugh so hard. You're so mean. Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Brandy. We are full-time husband and wife, part-time RVers. Sharing RV tips, tricks, and our adventures along the way. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Cramming Memories. Yay! We don't just sit around and make fun of people back in the... No, we totally don't. No, this is going to be RV newbie episode... Yes, we've been there, done that a lots of times. We have done that. And we're going to split this into two episodes because there's so much content that I think you can cover when you're just getting into RV and things that you just want to know. And we wanted to try to pack it all into just a couple episodes that you can listen to back to back. Yes. And learn a lot. Fill in all those gaps. Um, we have friends who are looking at RVs and they ask us lots of questions. And I hope that we can answer some today. RV newbies. That's where we were, and that's where a lot of people are right now. Absolutely. Don't be embarrassed. Oh, no. Ask all the questions. It's everybody's first time, one time. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. All right. We're going to jump in. I'm going to grab some gear list here, uh, make sure I've got my notes in order. We're going to talk about everything from hitches to planning your first trip to uh, what do you need to prepare at home and uh, even what that first trip needs to look like. Yep. All right. We'll be right back. watched every YouTube channel you can watch. You've read every blog post that you can read. Yes. And you're just sitting there looking at each other going, should we really do this? The answer is yes. Should we do it? Well, yeah, the answer <laughs> for us was definitely yes. Now let's go back. There was a podcast episode, Was It Worth It? Go back a few and listen to that. It kind of breaks down some money things, but we're already past that. We're right. already past trying to side. So this is You Are an RV Newbie. Yes. So... One of the things that I want to caution you against is letting it sit in your driveway or sit at the storage lot until all those Amazon shipments come in and all your kayaks come in and all your bike racks come in. <laughs> and you've got everything <laughs> in place. That's uh, right. Yeah, no. You don't really need all that stuff just to get started. Not so at all. don't be afraid to just hop on in and go. Yes. Right? So that's always a good idea. Um, RV newbie, whenever you first jump in, you may have bought your RV and not bought a lot of accessories yet. We actually have a gear page on um, kit.com that I'll link in the show notes that you can click on. It's got some of the basics. Um, as I've said in previous episodes, I typically tell people um, with a travel trailer, especially because you have to buy a hitch, mm -hmm. usually plan between $1,000 to $1,500. That sounds like a lot. It does, but but that is pretty much your, your hitch, your tire blocks, and all that fun stuff. We're going to kind of walk through that here in a second. If you bought a travel trailer... Number one thing that you're going to have to have before they'll let you pick it up, and that's a hitch. Um, yeah, so 
We need to make sure that when you order your hitch, if you're ordering it online, that it comes in on time. Yeah, that was pretty much a disaster for us. Um, <laughs> I didn't like the hitch that they were trying to sell us. I didn't mind the price. It was actually priced right. well. Right, it was. And I do recommend that if you're buying the camper from your dealer um, and they recommend a hitch and it's a good price, always check them on that. And if you're happy with it, just let them do it. Yes. Let them Include do it. Include it, yeah. But I wanted something a little different. Because you always want something a little different. Yep. So I ordered this hitch, and it pretty much didn't make it by the time we bought our first camper. And actually got in a little bit of a tiff with the with the dealer going to pick it up, because they're only about four or five miles away from us. And I was just going to basically nurse that thing home down a back road. <laughs> they didn't want to let me leave with yeah, it. Yeah, that but, wasn't um, um, a lot of fun. Scott came out victorious and drug <laughs> that camper home. She came home. We had a Tahoe then, and that, that uh, Tahoe was... Um, it was bowing down the back, just, just to say bit. the least. But anyway, so make sure that, that you have your hitch taken care of. I'm not really going to recommend a specific brand, but definitely get something that's got sway control in it. Um, do your homework. Do your homework. Equalizer is seems to be the uh, standard for mm-hmm. the ones with bars. I ended up going with the Kurtz. I've been on and off happy with it. Um, I may go in that in a later episode, but something that's got a sway control built in so you don't have to have that separately. Yep. All right. I guess. Got to have a hitch. Newbie problem one, get that hitch. So either you are sitting at home after you've purchased your camper, you're about to purchase your camper, or you've already brought it home, one or the other, right? And you're probably sitting on Amazon trying to figure out, where do I buy all this stuff? Right. Your your wish list is getting very long at this point. Yes. And what they typically give you at the dealer, at least what ours came with, was a really, really cheap sewer hose. <laughs> and a really, really cheap water hose. Yeah, w- they were replaced quickly. That could get you going quickly if you had to. Mm-hmm. So don't let waiting for a better piece of gear stop you from going and planning that first trip. But we are going to go over a few things. Like I said, hit that link um, for this kit.com, which is an RV newbie essential that you'll see. And um, it's got pretty much everything that's going to get you rocking and rolling. Right. Now, this is no fluff. There's no, like, pretty things. There's no, like, nicey hand towels or throw pillows or your cutesy blankets or anything. No. So, I'm just going to run down a few things. Um, One thing that that I would have bought first rather than getting um, a cheaper one is a good water hose. Yes. So, I recommend the Zero G hose. It's, It's very flexible. Yeah, that and, has totally been your favorite. Yeah, and it's easy to roll up. I do recommend just getting the 25 foot and not the 50 because they're just easier to um, keep them. Right. Yeah, you don't have to store all of the excess hose when it's on the ground at your campsite and you don't have to store it in your travel trailer. Yeah, so I would spend a little more and buy two 25s to get you the 50 yeah, rather than buy one yep. long 50 that and you're always works. dealing with the slack on yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Second thing, I always use a 90 degree elbow coming out of my water. Spick it on the side of my trailer. Mm-hmm. It just gives a little strain relief for it. Um, I've got a link to uh, that. Also, talking down the little water line here, um, water regulators. Oh, those are big deals. They're big deals, and they're really, really cheap. What they basically do is keep that water at a, um, at a specific PSI before it enters your camper. That so way, it regulates it. Yes. That way, if there's anything at the uh, campsite that like surges or if it's got a really high water pressure... It'll kind of bring that back down. Some of them have um, water gauges built on them. The one that I have listed here is just a standard get you, get you in the door. And it's one that I still run to this day. Works great. Mm-hmm. Moving along to uh, RV newbie accessories that you need right off the top. 
you need a sewer hose. Um, yeah, you do. Whether you're at a full hookup site or if you have to dump. Yep. Um, I always recommend um, getting an extension and just carrying it with you. We've had to use it. Yes, I've actually got three. I typically only carry two. And our last campsite in Charleston, I think it was, we maybe not use- last. Yeah, Every bit of that, too. Yeah, I absolutely. really should have had that third one, and I thought I was going to have to run the store and buy one. I have a kit listed here that's got everything that you would need to get started for a sewer hose kit. It's great. I've also got a, a sewer support rig here. Don't use it all the time. No. But whenever the uh, lay of the land is a little up or down downhill, mm-hmm. I actually do use that to, to get some strain relief back up to the camper. And, and I also have a nice downward travel because um yeah it all as both, my pawpaw yeah. taught me um water rolls downhill absolutely <laughs> Good one thing pawpaw. yes you'll need some um wheel chocks go oh, ahead and order you some wheel chocks yeah you do yeah you don't want to roll off right so That's whether you're scary. in a a class or a c class or, if you've or got whatever a pop-up yeah you need wheel chocks even if you're a class auto levels if it doesn't take it off very big off the ground or if you're yeah. or if it's perfectly level, mm-hmm. you can just stick those wheel chocks in. A couple more things. I do carry a um, extension cord for my power. So I believe our factory runs about 25 feet long. Mm-hmm. I carry a 30-foot extension cord because we have been in places where the pedestal is pretty far off. Right. And I don't want to not be able to plug in. Um, no, we need to plug in for all yes. the coffee makers. All right. On the plug-in side, um, I do recommend getting a surge protector. Yes. Um, those are wildly varying in price. I've got one listed here for a 30-amp. That's pretty reasonable. I also recommend carrying what they call a, a, a 50 to 30 dog bone adapter. <laughs> I just think that's a funny it, name. <laughs> it it kind of looks like a doggy bone. So this is if you only have a 50 hookup that you can hook into a 50-amp hookup, and it takes one leg of it. So you can plug your 30 amp camper into it. They've also got 30 to 50s. It doesn't give you 50 amps, but at least you can plug into it, right? Another reason why this is nice to have, even if the campsite does have what you need, I've pulled into campsites and that outlet looked burned up. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And I didn't want to plug into it. So they're, they're... their 50 amp outlet looked really good. Mm-hmm. So I used my dog bone, plugged into the 50, yes, off to the races. I do remember that. That was yucky looking. It was yucky looking. Um, moving on to some other necessities, we uh, talked about wheel chocks. Very important. Very important. Another thing, if your rig is not auto leveling, is you need some kind of leveler kit. Well, Yes. Because your RV needs to be some level. It needs to be very level. So there's a couple that I recommend that I've personally owned. Um, I've owned the uh, the uh, the Trilinks. They look levelers. like big Lego blocks. Big Lego blocks. It's it's the orange brand. Yes. Um, Camco's got some uh, yellow ones. These these orange ones have done me well. They have. And I do carry them with me. But I've kind of moved on to these Anderson levelers. You're a fan. I absolutely love them. Uh, makes it really easy to level your rig. Um, the the link that I have is is for a two pack. So if you have a double axle, mm-hmm. you need two of them. Yes. But even with these Anderson levelers, I would always keep some leveling blocks with me because you can use them under your tongue jack. There's going to come a time where these Andersons only give you about a four inch lift. You may need more than that. Yeah, that's true. So having some of those blocks is always a great idea. To the finer side of RV travel, toilet paper. And black tank chemicals. 
I know. Our favorite subject. <laughs> We're just going to glaze over this because we'll talk about how each <laughs> system kind of works. So if you're worried about it and have never operated one, we're going to give you a little insight. Um, I do have some some toilet paper listed on this on this kit website. This has been our favorite. Uh, we bought it at Walmart. You can yeah. buy it off Amazon too. It's the Scott's Rapid Dissolving. A lot of people say you don't have to use RV toilet paper. Just get something that, that dissolves fast. But this is RV toilet paper, and it's not bad. It's not super thin. No, yeah, and that was one of our first things whenever we first bought a travel trailer. The RV toilet paper that we were buying at this at the camping supply stores it was horrendous, and so we were looking for other options. And we actually came across this one, and um, as far as toilet paper goes, I like it. So I prefer using the RV kind just because it makes me feel a little bit better, and I don't want to break anything. So, <laughs> yeah. That's what we use. Very true. Also, chemicals to put in your black holding tank. That's the one with your toilet drains into. Um, I've got what's listed here. Uh, it's Thedford Aquachem. It's kind of a standard. Yes. Um, some people don't like it because it's got some chemicals in it. I have used this this liquid version of it, and it does work well. It does. It does work We've well. never had any issues. Correct. They also have drop-ins. Um, I actually just bought some of their brand drop-ins. I haven't used them yet. I want to see how they work. I got a little better deal on them. There are all kind of treatments out there. A lot of people have different um, favorite brands of right. different kinds. You're just going to have to try them. Yeah. But if you just want to start out your normal weekend traveler, this, this is going to get you going. This will get you going, and it's not too expensive if you don't have to use a ton of it. Looking over my list here, um, staying inside the camper, I've got a Dirt Devil vacuum stick. Maybe that's just me. But I think <laughs> maybe I think, it is just you. I think it's a necessity because most campsites you're either on some fine gravel or dirt. Yeah, you're gonna leaves. have a mess. It's gonna be a little messy. Yeah, so this is always great, especially if you have pets. You can hit the floor real quick um, in the evening or in the morning, and you start out fresh. So maybe not a necessity to you. It's a necessity <laughs> it's a to necessity me. Necessity for us. That's right. Um, outside, there are tons of mats that you can put out. The one I have listed here is the one we bought Gosh. three, three and a half years it's ago, maybe. It's been a long time, yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a pretty standard nine foot by 12 foot mat. It's kind of a plastic material. So you can bring it home and it's dirty. You wash it off, it's hang it up, great. it dries it out. Um, and it comes with a carrying case too. <laughs> Yet another thing that you like so Yet much. Yet another thing. So that's kind of an overview of what I consider to be an essential newbie kit no extras no extras this will get you hooked up using a bathroom you got yep. water you're you leveled and you got wheel chocks those are all important all right now you're sitting on the couch you've got your amazon shopping cart full you've ordered yep it's on its way two days because you got amazon prime <laughs> maybe not all right now it's time to plan your first trip eee! all right here's some tips about planning your first trip this is the biggest tip. Tip number one about planning your first trip. Make it close to home. Make it close. Yeah. Because if things go south or <laughs> something not breaks, far away. home is not far away. And we've had um, several friends who've bought new campers. Um, you read the horror stories all day long. Brand new camper, went to take a shower, it flooded. Because oh, yeah. they forgot to hook up the drain up, you know, up under it. A good dealer should test that with you while you're in the camper on your walk. Absolutely Most should. Don't. So making that trip close to home really does give you a little leeway there to have issues 
Or if there's something that you really can't do without, it's a 30-minute drive back home while the kids are riding their bikes. And Mm -hmm. dad can run back home or mom can run back home and leave them camping. Yep. So main tip, make it close to home. Mm -hmm. Tip number two, don't bring everything. Oh, no. Especially for your first trip. Make it kind of short, a weekend, three, four days max. Don't feel like you have to bring kayaks, the bicycles, your hammocks, um, all four outside chairs because one of them reclines, one of them sits up straight, and one of them rocks, (laughs) right? So don't feel like you need to bring all that stuff to have a successful camping trip. Your first trip out is really your shakedown trip. You're looking for your camper, if there's any issues with it, how you guys are going to enjoy that camper, how you're going to live in it, how you're going to sleep in it, how Mm -hmm. you're going to take baths and deal with Uh, storage tanks with water that can only hold so much and water heaters that only um, have six gallons or eight gallons of water in it. So don't bring the whole basement with you. No, you're learning your camper as well. And you're learning your style as a camper. So you're, you're just, you're trying to figure it all out. And if you bring everything, you're not going to know what you're missing and what you're not missing. So, because you're going to feel like you have to consume it all. And so I think that's a wise Wise tip because um, we didn't bring everything and we learned what's important to us and what we wish we had next time and um, what would make our trips a little bit more successful as a family. So you didn't bring everything, but you may think about something that you should have brought. Oh, yeah, that totally happened. So tip number three, (laughs) keep a notebook with a pen close to the front door. Yep, we kept ours on the counter right by the door. And every time you look up and go, man, I really wish we would have had fill in the blank. Yep. Jot it down. Went on the list. Yep. Put it on the list. And that way you know to either buy a second one and just keep one in your camper Mm. or to put it on your checklist to take with you. For sure. I'm going to stop right there too for just a second. We do have two of a lot of things. If it's an inexpensive item, we have two of them. Oh, yeah. Because that way we don't have to load from the house to the camper. Yeah. And like clearance racks and after Christmas sales or pre-Christmas sales are a great time to stock your camper. Like right now um, would probably be a good time because kids are all back in school. You're going to find dorm things on clearance. So excellent time to buy utensils and plates and things like that. Linens for your camper. Very true. And just remember, this is the start of the lifetime of you camping. Right. <laughs> don't you don't feel have the to need do it to all right now. the entire thing into your first trip. Right. So don't bring everything with you few tips there yep good stuff after planning what do you need to do at home what do you need to prepare for here's some of the things that we generally do before we take off number one all of our linens are washed yes we go ahead and make the beds oh every time every time it is just so nice to get there and not have to climb up in the bunks and if you have never made a camper (laughs) bunk bed it's quite a treat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The first time, don't have your kids around. Oh, no. Because they don't want to see you behave the way you're going to behave <laughs> making a bunk bed. Because you're on top, and you're trying to get it spread out, and your head's hitting the ceiling. <sighs> yes. And you're trying to figure out which side of the fitted sheet actually goes, goes up top. Yeah. They're like, Daddy, why are you behaving like that? You're like, just get out of here. Very true. So, yeah, so go Very ahead and true. prepare. Have all the beds made. I think that is something that really makes us... <laughs> Happier whenever we get there. <laughs> it absolutely does. Yes, yes. Turn your refrigerator on at least a day before you leave. 
Um, yes, because and the day before you pack it, right? Well, and you want to arrive at your campground with a cold refrigerator, so yes, yeah. And typical RV refrigerators that run off of propane and electricity, um, they're not like your normal household. They don't have a compressor in them. They have these little cooling fins, and it heats ammonia up, and it travels around in all these little pipes. And it just kind of removes the heat with these fins. So it doesn't immediately start blowing cold air. So once you turn it on, whether you use propane or whether you use um, electricity, if you have it plugged into your house, it's going to take it overnight to cool down. So go ahead and turn it on, let it cool down, and then you can pack it the next day before you take off, right? Or maybe a day before. And if you don't have a place to plug it in, if you don't have a 30 amp or you can't get close enough to your house to run a 110, Run that thing on propane. It it's it literally sips propane. It doesn't use a lot. Right. Turn it on. Let it get cold. Also, that's going to check it. Because man, true. nothing ruins a trip more than getting somewhere and find out something right. doesn't work. Yeah, and especially your refrigerator. Yep. Oh my goodness. So that kind of knocks out uh, two birds with one stone. There. Plug in that fridge or turn it on. Let it cool overnight before you pack it. Yes. All right, we've talked about in other episodes about meal prep, so we'll just kind of glaze over it. We do meal prep a little bit. Um, Brandy will brown meat. Mm-hmm. We'll go ahead and make some um, Ziploc meals so yep. we can throw them in a crock pot. Makes life a little easier. Yep. So go ahead and prep a few meals. That way, even though you're warming them up back on the skillet or cooking some of the meat items while you have the salad already in a Ziploc made, it does take that pressure off of you, and it also helps you plan per day. So you really think about how many meals that that you need Mm -hmm. for your family. Yes. One benefit of owning the camper, at least to me, this is the way that I feel about it. I don't have to pack a suitcase. Yeah, that's very true. It's so nice not doing that. I get a laundry basket and I pack the way most men do. I open up the drawer (laughs) and I go, hey, babe. How many days? How many days are we going to be gone? Yeah. It's like five. I'm right. I need five set of underwear. Five pairs of socks. Okay, six pair just in case. Just in Who case, knows? you never know. Six pairs of socks, and then I count my t-shirts. And I'm it's usually always I'll, the first five in the closet. But that's and I'm fine. usually one short, so I'm having to try to <laughs> rewear one or just go and uh, yeah. wash them. So, but I really enjoy just bringing the clothes down and hanging them up in the closet because I despise packing a suitcase. Well, and we have a camper, so there's no need to have a suitcase because that's just something else to be sitting around the camper. Don't tell our son that, though. Oh, yeah. He, I've tried. <laughs> he still packs his little travel bag and lives out of it like a like, like a vagabond or something. I don't know. He just enjoys it. He doesn't like hanging stuff up. So whatever makes him happy, as long as he brings enough clothes, I'm good with it. That's true. All right. We've got our trip planned. We've got it booked. Um, we're not bringing the whole basement with us. (laughs) We've prepared our beds. We've turned our fridge on to make sure that it's getting cool. Now there's a, there's a few pre-flight checklist things that I do recommend, especially if you're not used to it yet to go ahead and jot them down and either let your wife or your kids help you keep track of it. Um, one other little tip too is if you can plug into power at your house, like I talked about leaving your your fridge running, if it's summertime and you could turn your air conditioner on and make sure it works, or if it's wintertime, you can, if you have a 12 volt battery that's charged, you can kick that furnace on and make sure that everything works. Um, that's another bad item to be without in a yeah. camper if it's hot or cold is your heater 
or your air conditioner. Yeah, always check those. So go ahead and check that. That's kind of a pre-flight checklist is fridge and AC and or heater because that'd be really bad for that not to be there. All right, for me being a mechanic nerd from years back, check your wheel torque. That means your lug nuts. Don't don't be a lug nut, lug nut. <laughs> Tighten them up. Make sure they're tight. You don't want to be that guy losing a tire going down the road. Oh, no. That's so scary. <laughs> I've seen that YouTube video. It it's does not bad. end well. So check that torque. Check your tire pressures. Uh, we've talked about this. Uh, China bombs. I'm going to set off a lot of people. I don't know if that's a real thing or not. Some people say that it is. Um, I think a lot of trailer tires going uh, south are people don't really check them. Yeah, just maintenance and care. Maintenance. Check that tire pressure before you leave. Make sure you know what it should be. Make sure you have a good gauge. Um, make sure you put all your stairs up. Oh, we've passed that guy on the interstate well, I've before, too. we passed that guy, too. Make sure you have all your stabilizers up. Yeah, that I would be I haven't seen tragic. that, but that would be tragic. It tragic. would just rip it off. Yes. Um, make sure your power's disconnected. Make sure your water's disconnected. And if you're at a campground leaving, I would add this to my checklist. Make sure your sewer is disconnected. Oh, that would be a stinky mess. Yeah. So what I typically do is once I'm hooked up to the um, truck, I've got the weight distribution on, I've got the electrical connector, I've got the safety chains on. Um, I walk around the entire camper and I squat down and I look under it. <laughs> yeah. I want to see nothing close to the ground. I want to see wires up. I want to see um, water put up. Oh, also, I almost ate our water hose up with our slide because we were at a park in Mobile that said they had a bad ant problem, but we really didn't uh, see yeah. them. So when I ran the water line, I actually ran it over the little... Uh, rack and pinion rams mm -hmm. that run the slide in and out so they would be off the ground and i looked under my camper and i didn't see it so i'm like bring her in <laughs> and i wore in there i'm like nope bad idea because it would have just ate my water yeah, hose up so a good walk around is good just to make sure everything's off the ground once you get hooked up and you make sure everything's off the ground check your hitch check your hitch make sure your safety pin is in there uh, make sure the weight distribution stuff with all the little safety L brackets are on there good. Make sure that electrical connector is really, really tight and good to go. Um, and also check your safety chains, all right? Now, just make sure that they're hooked up. And you should always cross them. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google cross safety chains. I actually found out that in some states, it's illegal to not cross your safety oh, chains. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did watch that, yeah. didn't we? The reason why you cross them is if for whatever reason, if that hitch failed, it would grab your trailer and instead of falling to the ground and burying it in, in you know, an asphalt and dragging it down the road, mm -hmm. it would kind of catch it and at least hopefully hold it off the ground long enough for it to slam into the back of your vehicle so you could at least stop that it. Sounds right? so great. Yeah, it yes. sounds awesome. Check your lights, check your trailer brakes, set your gain on, on your trailer brakes, a whole nother level of watch videos, read yeah. your owner's manual. Um, my son usually check, checks my lights. He's learned how to turn the hazard lights on and then check all of them. The RV newbie who has never towed or driven a camper, put your hands up right now. Oh, that's me. <laughs> I know there's more than just one or two out there. Um, here's some advice. Um, don't be afraid of it. Definitely, if you're about to go on a long trip for your first trip, which I do not recommend. Right, no. Take it out on a short drive because um, hitches can be set up wrong. Mm -hmm. and the trailer could sway like crazy. Uh, if you're in an A-class, you just may not be used to it yet. So get a little driving time. The biggest thing about driving a large vehicle like that, and really by the time you put a 30-foot trailer 
behind a 20-foot truck. It's long. You're as long as a semi, basically. So not only do you have to think about your own safety and your family's safety, the people that you're driving around, they're kind of counting on you not to kill them too. Well, that's true. Yes. (laughs) Keep plenty of space between you and the person in front of you. It's not a race. Keep plenty of space there whenever you go to merge. Whenever You have to look further ahead than you normally would driving because... Typically, you can't just put the gas down and drag this trailer from zero to 60 in three seconds. It takes a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Some of you with big diesel trucks may be laughing at me, being whatever. like, I can drag I mean, this thing. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. Um, also, remember that you definitely take wide turns. Well, yeah. So you got a whole lot following you. You got a whole lot. So whenever you pull in and out of gas stations, that's usually where people would. Oh clip my it. gosh, that scares me. Yeah. So just remember, whenever you're with a a, a trailer, that trailer is always going to pivot on the rearmost axle. So whenever you're pulling in and turning, you need to leave enough room for the distance behind it is going to swing around. Yes. So if you're in doubt, have your passenger hop out, get on the phone, get on the radios. And talk it through. Trust me, it's more embarrassing to rip something off the side of your trailer <laughs> than to have somebody than go to and spot stop check and you. block it for thirty seconds while somebody totally checks agree. You. Totally agree. This is also a hot item. It's uh, how fast should you tow when you're towing a camper or driving an RV, and some of that does wildly vary. Um, typically, most manufacturers say the ST tires that are on travel trailers have a sixty-five mile an hour speed limit. Dude, I see people passing us in their travel trailers going faster than 60 miles an hour. And some of the other trailer tires that aren't ST do have higher, but I typically try to go 65. Because you're that guy. If the speed limit's 70. Now, going downhill, I'll gain speed to go up a hill, but I try to hit right about 65. It also helps with your fuel economy a little bit, if Mm -hmm. you're even worried about that. So make sure to not speed. Leave plenty of uh, space in front of people, too. The semi-trailers suck. Watch your mouth. I know, right? So if you've never experienced this, whenever you've got a long um, vehicle and a semi passes you, as they come up next to you, right when they get almost equal to you, it pulls your vehicle toward them. Yeah, it's a little scary. It's like a vacuum. Yeah, it's a little scary. (laughs) And as they pass you, it almost like spits you out. I think it's just the big semi Mac and Peterbilt trucks laughing at you, trying to be a big, big boy <laughs> pulling. And they're like, "Woof!" It's still scary. So once you feel it a couple times, you get you get used to it, and you look in your mirror and you see one coming, and you know when it's going to happen. And as soon as they get beside you, you you correct and you feel it pulling you, but you keep going straight. And as they pass, you feel it start to spit you out of that, and you correct, and nobody knows the wiser because you're now an expert. Travel trailer tower. Well, I think you just said something very important, too. The more that you travel with your travel trailer, the more confident of a driver you will be with it. Yes. Um, So, and as a passenger in a travel trailer, well, not in a travel trailer, but like in the truck towing a travel trailer, like I've learned what sounds are normal and appropriate, and I don't freak out near as much. You should be really proud. This is true. I'm a much better passenger. This is true. So once you get used to that normal side of it, you know when it's not normal and when you really need to. Um, Another thing that I think you should do is go watch a few videos for when a travel trailer starts to swag behind you, whenever it starts to sway. Um, Typically, the best way to correct that is grab your trailer brakes, apply the trailer Mm -hmm. brakes, and give the truck a little bit of gas. Um, This is something that I recommend practicing. 
sometimes we'll get a little sway. We've never had a lot. We, we've been really fortunate that our um, hitch does its job. But if I feel a little bit of sway, I'll reach down and I'll pinch that trailer brake just, just a little bit. And what it does is it makes that trailer pull on your truck and it just straightens it back out. So why I say kind of practice that whenever you feel a little bit of sway is whenever it does get out of hand and you start to feel it and it's not normal, you know what to do. Because you're confident. You're confident. So try to try to do that and it and it really works. So don't yeah. don't let the first time that you think about it is when your trailer is beside you and you're like, hey, there's our front door. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, we're flipping. Yeah, so. no. <laughs> That's not going to happen to any of our listeners. That's right. So go and check that out and uh, give it a shot too, just to make sure. Um, another kind of a hot topic is, do you travel with your propane on or off for your refrigerator? We use ours on some. There are some tunnels that you go through and there are some states that it's illegal yes, to travel yes. with it on. So check your local laws. Um, kind of the danger of traveling it with it on is whenever you pull through a gas station, that is technically kind of an open flame, even though it's enclosed. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard people say that. Um, the other reason is if something came up off the road and ripped your rubber line or, or, or if you have a metal line and if you had propane just pouring out and something sparked, it could yeah, catch your camper on fire. Um, I've actually found a couple products and I'll remember to link to them. Um, they screw onto your propane tanks, and if you have a catastrophic leak, it, it like automatically shuts them off. That's really cool. I do not have them because they're expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really seriously thinking about buying some. Gee, thanks. But with that propane on, it keeps your fridge cold. Um, I've also had a lot of people say that even if you pack the fridge well and you leave it on a few days before and you have a thermometer in there and you know it's where it should be, that five or six hours of driving, it does not warm up. Yeah. So do what you feel comfortable with. Do a lot of research. Definitely check the laws in your states. The RV newbie driving down the road also may not have ever had to think about where do we stop? Yeah, because you can't just pull in any gas station or any even fast food restaurant for that matter. No, so it's it's always good. I usually look at Google Maps and try to plan where I'm going to stop. But if you don't know... Um, always good places to stop are a state welcome stations. Oh, absolutely. A rest, rest area stops. is amazing. Because they've always got parking in the back for uh, semis, mm-hmm. and that's where you can go. And they've always got restrooms, and they got a great place to park. It's an in and out, and you don't have to back up. So those are always good. Yes, um, Try to plan your fuel stops if you kind of know your path. Um, again, you can look at Google Maps. You can look at mm-hmm. Google Earth. And, and typically we try to stay with some of the bigger, like, um, down here, they're like flying J's pilots loves cause they, they, they do typically cater to the bigger trucks or the campers. Some do, but I don't have a diesel, so I can't go in the back where the big trucks are. And we have been burned a couple times because we stopped at some of these places thinking that they were good stops for us. And because we're just a regular gasoline user for, for us, it was a terrible tight situation. And also too, Scott knows our fuel economy. So he can guesstimate, okay, we can drive for X amount of time before we need to make a fuel stop. So if you're a newbie, it's going to take you a little bit of time before you learn your vehicle and you learn your travel style um, to see where those stops would be. So definitely plan ahead of time if possible. 
Yes, and I've got a recommendation for an app that I think is great. Oh, yes, it's been um, super helpful for us. It's called iExit. Yes. There's also a trucker version of it that shows where like death fluid is for diesels, but the the iExit app, at least as far as I can tell, as I've used it, I use the free version of it. And you can say, just pick where I am, and it and it says which interstate you're on, and you tell it which direction that you're heading, and it tells you what is at each exit. Yeah, we have an Apple iPhone, so I'm assuming that it's an Android-acceptable app, too. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'd have to look on their app store, but it is a... It is a great app, and I would highly recommend having that one as part of your uh, travel folder Absolutely. on your phone. Yep, yep. All right, wow, that was a lot from um, planning that first trip to things you need to buy down through your your towing to your first camping experience. I hope you guys took great notes. Yeah, we're going to take a break on that right now, and then next week we're going to have part two. It's basically going to cover from when you check into the campground. Which is the fun stuff. That is the fun stuff. So let me put a little uh, a little dot, dot, dot. And as you're planning your camping trip, I did not mention this. You need to make reservations if they make reservations because <laughs> they fill up. Well, yeah, that is very true. We have run into that a time or two as well. So, yeah. So make sure that you call. And if they do take reservations, go ahead and make that. Hey, so do you want to give us a camper rental update? Yeah, let me, okay, let me grab my notes. Um, let's look through here. So okay. hold on, page six. Oh, yeah, flip, Page flip. six. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, there hadn't been any. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I've had, um, I've had several people contact me, and we've got several events that go on within a couple hours drive of us. And pretty much all the rentals that people have questioned me about are for these big races and or other music events or things yeah. where it's not in a campground and um, where they're wanting to have the camper and for me to drop it off, they can't guarantee you the power source. Right. And it, so it's just kind of in a parking lot or in a field and we're just not 100% comfortable Yeah, I haven't been comfortable with where they wanted to take it. So as of right now, and actually a couple of them I couldn't even do it because I have to work. So I couldn't even <laughs> drop them off that, you know, that day. So as of now, we have not had our first rental. Um, I still have people emailing me and uh, trying to trying to make that happen. But as of right now, no real traction. It's probably all my fault for being way too particular. Well, no. And I think it's also great, though, too, because you can be particular. You can say, ask those questions. And if you're not comfortable with where your, your RV is going, you can decline it. All right, guys, thank you for hanging out with us for episode 11, um, RV Newbie Part Uno. (laughs) More to come. More to come. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, Check down in the show notes. Um, I've got some links to that kit page. If you want your RV Newbie basics, that'll get you hooked up, leveled up, and ready to go. Also, I'll put a link to the iExit app that we found really helpful whenever we haven't planned our stops and we need to know what's at the next exit because you never know when you're going to hear from the back seat. I need to go potty. Yep. And you got to find a potty quickly that you can actually get in and out of with your (laughs) camper. So thank you guys. And we are encouraging you to start cramming memories. Into everyday life. Into everyday life.